0: Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Two weeks ago, I brought to you a message entitled Three Steps to Prophetic Fulfillment. We're taking this out of 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. You'll notice here as Paul is writing to Timothy that there were three words in this portion of scripture. He spoke of, the very first prophecies that were spoken over his life. He spoke of the, pro- the process of fulfillment. And then he spoke about the weapons that you use to wage spiritual warfare. Three words. Prophecies. A word of your future potential that's released over your life. A word of your future potential that is released over your life. A process, the journey that you take where the fulfillment begins. It is a process. And then the power, the weapons, the power of the prophetic arsenal that's made available to you and I to war, to war with those prophetic promises, those prophetic words that God has released over our life. A mature prophetic culture, a church recognizes the prophetic word it embraces the prophetic process and it wars with the prophetic power there's power in the spirit of prophecy we spoke last last Sunday week ago we spoke of the prophetic promise these three steps now these are three steps that I found here in first Timothy chapter one but there can be other steps to prophetic fulfillment As I often say to you, this is not uninclusive, but these are three steps that I found here that I wanted to highlight to you. And in part one, we spoke of the prophetic promise that there is a spirit of prophecy that can come over a congregation and everyone can prophesy, though not everyone has the gift of prophecy. I can prophesy, but I, as a minister, I don't have the gift of prophecy. I don't, God doesn't use me in that area very often. But I can from time to time prophesy. We can all be prophetic because the spirit of prophecy can come upon any of us. But then number two, there are people that have the gift of prophecy. He spoke of that in 1 Corinthians 12, that to the one is given prophecy, that gift of prophecy. So many may have the gift of prophecy, but yet they're not a prophet. I know that there is a gift of prophecy that comes upon everyone from time to time, but then there is the gift of prophecy that God gives to certain individuals. But then, thirdly, there is the office of a prophet, that one that has been commissioned, that has been called and commissioned and placed in that office as a prophet. So there's the spirit of prophecy that comes upon all all of us, there's the gift of prophecy that are given to some, and then there's the office of a prophet that's given to a few. We believe in the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And we acknowledge these giftings and these callings and these offices that operate within and through our church. And these are important things that we need to recognize, especially in the coming days. I, with others, sincerely believe that God is getting ready to move again in America. And during this time, it's going to require that you and I be a church that recognizes, acknowledges, that respects the spirit of prophecy. Here, a few weeks ago, I brought a message to you entitled, A Man Ahead of His Time. Men and women that have truly altered history, that have made history, have been people ahead of their time, pioneers. People that live in a different time zone, they, they don't go by chronological time. They live ahead of that. They live in that kairos, that prophetic edge time zone. They're people that see things that other people are just looking at. They're pioneers. They're visionary people. And they're ahead of their time. And I believe in the coming days, the church must be a prophetic house. It must live in a different time zone. We have to be on that prophetic edge because our community, our nation is looking for leadership. They're looking for someone to stand up and and point the way and say, come follow me as I follow Christ. And we have to be such a people. And so today, I want to go back into this message and, and we're going to pick up the second point and we're going to talk about the prophetic process. So we understand the promise, but now let's talk about The process. In Isaiah 55, just real quick, he said, So also will be, notice this, the word that I speak. Listen to me, the word that I speak. Leave that on the screen for as I go through this, gentlemen. But he said, the word that I speak. You need to know that when God speaks a word, it awakens the possibilities within you. You remember in John chapter 6, Jesus gave one of the strongest messages that's ever been preached. He said to them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no place with me. And he went from what? He fed the 5,000 men, so maybe 15,000 people. He went from a crowd to 12 guys. Talk about thinning the church out. Jesus turned to those guys and said, will you leave me also? And Peter said something profound. He says, look, I'm not really sure I fully comprehend this whole eat your flesh and drink your blood thing. But I will tell you this, that you hold the words of eternal life. And when you speak, there's something that awakens with inside of me. There is something that comes alive within me. That's why, man, I feel the presence of the Lord. That's why this word with Greg Hood, who will be with us on December the 12th is so important because in this word, he spoke about awaken Beaumont. And we as a church, under the spirit of prophecy, with the gifts of prophecy, and with the office of the prophet, we need to speak to this region. And we need to awaken the possibilities within people's lives. We have to call things that are not as though they are. And that's why we look at the drug addict and alcoholic and the prostitute and so forth. And we call them not as they are, but we call them as they shall be. We we, we prophesy their future. We call them as they shall be. And so we as a church have to have the voice of the prophet, the spirit of prophecy. He said, The word that I have released. And then he went on to say, Don't let it go unfulfilled. This word will not be unfulfilled. It's not going to come back to me unfulfilled. You have to know that this word lingers until it's activated. I I can't linger here, but you know the teaching. When God releases a word, it awakens the possibilities within a person. But that word lingers in the atmosphere, waiting for activation. He said in 1 Corinthians that the promises in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. And so God says yes. I have a calling on your life. And that word is awaiting activation for you to come into agreement with that word and say amen. The word of God is a double-edged sword. That word in the Greek is distomos. It means two mouths. God's mouth, your mouth. God's yes, your amen. It lingers waiting for activation. So you have to understand that when a prophetic word is released over your life, that word lingers in the atmosphere waiting for you to bring yourself into alignment with what God is saying. You've got to say amen to God's yes. yes. He said, The word, it will not be unfulfilled. And then he said, It has a purpose. You see, it's intentional. It's intentional. Do you understand that God releases a word over your life and it's very intentional? And the book of Exodus, I think it's Exodus chapter 9. God told Moses, I want you to go before Pharaoh and I want you to tell him, I have raised you up for such a purpose as this. You have to understand that God was trying to use Pharaoh and he was going to use Pharaoh. He was using him. And I just use that as a backdrop to say to you that when the word of the Lord is released over your life, God is trying to raise you up to that word. He's trying to raise you up to that level of living. He's trying to raise you up. The word of the Lord is trying to take you from where you are to where God needs you to be. There's a place that God needs you to be. Mmm, man. Listen, prophetic words are not just for self-indulgence. It's not just to make you feel good. It's not just to fluff your feathers. But God is trying to get you somewheres. God is trying to position you. God's trying to put you in a place. The right man and the right place at the right time equals power. It equals success. And so God is trying so hard to position you in life so that you can impact your generation. He said to Pharaoh, I'm trying to raise you up to a purpose. And God is trying to raise you up for something. Again, and Isaiah, put it back up. He spoke of the word. He spoke, it's not going to be unfulfilled. He spoke, it has a purpose and it's a mission. God's got you on a mission. God's trying to get you from where you are to where he needs you to be. There's an assignment for your life. Oh, Lord Jesus. Everybody on campus and online get it. There is a assignment for your life. There is a mission. God's got a mission for you. And that prophetic word is a part of that mission. It's so important. It's so important that you hear the word of the Lord. We need to learn to be still in his presence and to let the father speak to us it's so important that we come into services like this like uh, like steve havard one of our elders just released a word over charmaine because god wants that word to come over her and help her understand there's a mission understand that there is a purpose Understand it has to be fulfilled. So align yourself with that word. Understand that word is awakening possibilities within her. Causing her to dream bigger than she's ever dreamed before. That's why it's a crime when God gives you a word from somebody and you don't release that word over them. They desperately need that word. They need you to release that to them. You need to, you need to rise up in your gifting. You need to come underneath the spirit of prophecy and you've got to release the word. If God gives you a word for me, I'm begging you, please release that word to me because I need it desperately. We're talking about the prophetic process. The promises of God are yes and amen, but they're not always now and immediate because the best things take time and patience to create Joyce Ackerman. They're not, they may be yes and amen, but they're not now and immediate. You need to understand that there is a process that you have to go through. So going beyond the prophetic event, you're in a service, you get a prophetic word and looking at the prophetic process. Number one, there is revelation. The information that's revealed by the Holy Spirit. There is information. First Thessalonians 5 Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Don't treat it with contempt. Now, there's a reason for Paul's admonishment here. We know that prophecy can be obscure, complex, and confusing. We know that. There's been times that I've released words over people, and I didn't understand it, but they did. I understand that. We know that it may appear to be inaccurate, only to come to pass differently than expected. I've shared with you before that I've had words that at the moment I didn't understand how that could happen. But later I did. I did understand it. We know that it may be confrontational and uncomfortable at times. But that's why Paul said don't treat prophecies with contempt. Because it's uncomfortable. Because it may appear to be inaccurate at the moment. Or because it's obscure and complex. You just can't treat prophecy with contempt. First Corinthians 13, Paul again said, our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. You have to know that a prophetic word is not always a complete picture, but a partial word that God has revealed to you at the beginning of the process. And so when you get a word and you don't always understand it, just know that you're entering into the journey of the process and you have to give it time. You have to be patient. It's a revelation. It's information that's being revealed to you by Holy Spirit and we look through a glass darkly and you don't always understand it. Number two, you need to know that there's an interpretation to the word. We're talking about the process. Understanding the revelatory knowledge. There's times when you need someone to help you understand the revelatory knowledge. Most controversy associated with prophetic ministry is not because of weak revelation, but because of wrong interpretation. You have to be careful with this. Numbers 12, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams, but this is not true of my servant Moses. With him, I speak face to face clearly and not in riddles. So we understand that there are riddles that God uses. We understand things partially. It's not always clear. But you need to know this prophetic principle. That the closer we get to his face, the clearer his revelation and our interpretation becomes. Never saw this before until this study. Until this moment. He said, I speak to the prophets in riddles complexity, obscurity, partial truths, or partial understanding. We see through a glass darkly. But he said to Moses, face to face, it's clear. So when I read that, it gave me hope that the closer I get to his face, the clearer his words become. Oh my God. Come on, David, that's a good word. The closer I get to his face, the clearer the vision gets that's why there's something about age maturity wisdom i can't give you wisdom i can give you knowledge i can give you information but only time can give you wisdom and there's something about wisdom there's something about gray hair or no hair there's something about that and it, it it's there's a wisdom that comes and I've noticed that the closer I get to his face, the clearer the revelations become. The less riddles I get. the More directly he speaks to me. You've got to spend time with him. That's an encouraging word. That's an encouraging word. That should motivate you to get face to face and breath to breath. Where he speaks to you as a man would speak to a friend and share and whisper kingdom secrets to you. There's a revelation that Holy Spirit gives. There's an interpretation that we have to find. And then number three, there's an application. We're talking about the process. An application, knowing when, how, and what you should do. Application is the right action taken based on the correct interpretation. Acting on your prophetic word. So Holy Spirit brings a revelation. You seek an interpretation And then there's an application. I'm going to apply this to my life. Acting on your prophetic word. You've got to ask and believe for a confirmation. Listen, I I know that there are times when you don't need this, but there are times when I ask and I believe for a confirmation. There are times when I'm asking the Lord to let let everything be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. And there are times when I, I need that confirmation. You need to submit the word to trusted leadership. When you're seeking that interpretation, seek out the wisdom of the gray hair and let them help you with that interpretation. Uh, Remain faithful with a chronological investment in your kairos moments. We preach this for years. Accept responsibility or excuse me, remain faithful in the chronological investment in your kairos moment. You've got to remain faithful in the process, the chronological time. Process. You're waiting on the word to be fulfilled. You're staying faithful. You know there's a Kairos moment coming, but right now I'm on the clock. I'm investing in that Kairos moment. I'm investing. I'm staying faithful. I told you the story that in 1997 at Brownsville, I got a word from a lady you're going to, I see you catapulted from the Midwest and, and I see the clock spinning. And I wasn't in the Midwest, I was in Austin. But I, hold, I held on to that word, and then I ended up in the Midwest, and then I did get catapulted, and the clock was spinning. But from 97 until 2003, when I got the phone call, I kept investing in chronological time. I kept staying faithful to God, knowing that there's a Kairos moment coming in my life. Just staying faithful, staying faithful, staying faithful. There's a Kairos. you got to stay faithful in the process. We're talking about Application. You get a revelation, you seek interpretation, but there's an application. And you got to stay faithful during the process. You say, pastor, I've been holding on to the word for 10 years. What do I do? Keep holding on to the word. Hold on, stay faithful, stay faithful. Anticipate, recognize, and act on the Kairos moment. When I got my phone call in 2003, I recognized it as a Kairos moment. And it was difficult for me. It was painful. It was hard. Suzanne was going through a process. It was painful for her. It was hard. We loved the church where we were. We loved our staff. Our children were happy. We it was hard. But I felt this is a kairos moment. This is and you when you when the kairos moment comes, you have to recognize it. You have to act on it. It's not easy, guys. It's not easy to to act on a prophetic word. It's not always easy to step through a window of opportunity. It's not always easy to go through a door. It's painful. Doors and thresholds move you from one environment to a new environment. It's a gate. You're moving from one environment to a different environment. It's hard. But you've got to do This is the process. So you've got to get a revelation. You've got to seek interpretation. And then you've got to apply that thing. It's the process that you go through. You've got to act on it. James 1. For anyone, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. And you go away and you forget. You've got to be a doer. The word doer in the Greek here, it means a doer or performer. <laughs> Never saw this before. <laughs> Especially it speaks of being a poet. A doer is a poet. The word poet in our dictionary means a person possessing special powers of imagination or expression. Poetry is the quality of beauty and intensity of emotion. Listen to this. He's saying you need to be a doer of the word. You need to be a performer of the word or a poet. Someone that has imagination. And someone that can express the word. Someone that... Understands the beauty and the intensity of emotion. You gotta be a poet. So, may we fight with God's word like warrior poets. May our expression be described as pure poetry. That's what I've been seeing in, in ministry all my life. I've said it to you before that I've been in, I've been in church and I've watched people come underneath their gifting. Rather, it's worship or preaching or teaching or the gift of prophecy. And I've watched them. And it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me when people, there's something, when the anointing comes on someone. And they get, as they say in basketball, when they get in the zone. Every ball, every ball they release. I mean, no net. It just, it just, just no net. It just, man, it just. They just sink the ball every time. There's something about an, an athlete. When they're in the zone, man, they just can't drop a ball. They, they, everything they do, just, man, it's just amazing. It's amazing to see people in a service when they come under the anointing of God. And what they do in that moment, there's such, they're such an, an intensity. And there's such an expression. And there's such an imagination. And it's like pure poetry. They're like warrior poets. That are fighting with the word of the Lord. Let us be like warrior poets. God. Oh, I hope somebody gets this. There's something about someone that when they walk out on the stage. And they take the microphone. And the spirit of the Lord comes upon them. And they sing a song. And they bring the house down as they say. is pure Poetry. <laughs> it's amazing. We're not talking about recognition for themselves, but we're talking about pointing men to Christ and to the kingdom and advancing the kingdom. Warrior poets who fight with the word of God. Let us be warrior poets with imagination and expression. Poetry, pure poetry. We're talking about the process revelation, interpretation, application, doers of the word, warrior poets, pure poetry, releasing the prophetic word of the Lord. So let's talk about the power. We understand there's a promise, there's a process, but there is power. First Timothy chapter one again, he spoke of it. He said, in keeping with the first prophecies. Now hear me on this one, please. He said to Timothy, son, you're going to have to man up and you're going to have to fight a good fight. I need you to be a a warrior poet. I need you to do it, son. Man, poetry, pure poetry, a man or a woman under the hand of the Lord, poetry. But he said, I need you to fight with the first prophecies that were spoken over your life. So here's the word for you. You need to recall the prophetic words spoken over your life. From time to time, you need to recall them. I'm 60 years old now, but I'll be honest with you. There are times when I get discouraged. And when I do, I go back to that night when I was just a boy. And he came to me and he said, I want you to preach. I go back to that moment. I go back to those early days, things that he put inside of me, promises that he gave me. From time to time, I'll go back and and I'll revisit the prophetic words that have been spoken over my life, over my ministry, over my family. And I'll revisit those words, those first prophecies that hold me steady fight with them. Those first words. You need to recall the words that have been spoken over your life and over your family. They're depending on you. They need you. You need to get along from time to time. And you need to revisit those words. And you need to reflect upon those words. Philippians chapter 2. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. Let his mindset, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. Let this happen. Perhaps we do not experience more victories because we don't fight with our prophetic arsenal. You got to fight with it. When the devil tries to He tries to deal with me and tries to discourage me and says, you're nothing. You're never going to make a difference. You'll never amount to anything. Nobody's listening to you. You're wasting your time. You're wasting their time. When he does that, I go back to the first prophecies. I go back to Jeremiah one where he called me out and he said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I called you to have a voice to the nation's. And then I spoke, but oh Lord God, I cannot, I'm only a youth. But he says, say not that I'm a youth, for you'll go where I send you and you'll say what I tell you to say. You gotta go back to those first words. You gotta go back to that first love. You gotta go back to those early days. You gotta go back to those words and you gotta hold on to those things. And maybe the reason we don't see more victories is because we're not fighting like warrior poets. Because we're not having an expression, an imagination. We're not standing up and moving people with what moved us. Listen, we got to move people with what moved us we got to preach. I've been talking to the staff lately. We've been having these Tuesday mentoring moments. And in the first one, we talked about the calling. And the second one, we talked about the man. And I dealt with the fact that the man and the message is one. You preach what you are, not what you know. People don't care what's up here. They want to know what's down here. They want to know what you've been through. They want to know how you came out of it. They want to know how you faced Goliath. How you knocked him down. How you cut his head off. They want to know that stuff. These young people want to they want to know that we're not always on our A game. There are some days when it gets really it gets really hard and I get lonely and days when I question myself. They need to know that because super spiritual people don't inspire, they intimidate. So we have to be real people, transparent. I say, I don't always have the answer. Sometimes I don't know. To recall those prophetic words. Remind yourself, be mindful. Be mindful of yourself and your family and your future with a prophetic mindset. With a prophetic. Let this mindset be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. He said, Philippians 2, 5, put it up again. Let this mindset become your motivation. Let this mindset be your motivation. The devil tried to challenge him and discourage him, but Jesus held on. You've got to be mindful. You've got to be mindful of yourself and your family. You've got to be mindful. These last two years have been tough on our church and, and, and most churches. And there's been times that I've come in here and I've been, I've, I have fought discouragement. But I've, I've had to remember the words spoken over this house had to remember, let this mindset be your motivation. What mindset is he talking about? The prophetic words, the promises that God gave you, the calling on your life, the calling on your family. Don't give up on your son. Don't give up on your daughter. Listen, prodigal sons and daughters are coming home. They're coming home. And and we got to think that way. We got to act that way. We got to talk that way. There's a move of God coming. That move of God is going to be a great harvest of souls. Sinners getting, sinners becoming saints, and and prodigal sons and daughters coming home, and and saints graduating and becoming sons, And, and, and the sons of God taking their place. We have to believe this from sinner to saint to son. We've got to believe this and preach this. It's the hope, this mindset. So you've got to recall. Number two, you've got to fight with the prophetic word spoken over your life. Listen, guys, you're in a fight. Do you know that? You understand that, don't you? You're in a fight. You're in a fight. And you need to know that. There's an enemy that is called a beast of prey that is stalking you every day. And he's an opportunist, Matthew 4, and he will hit you when you're weak, you're sick, or you're distracted. That's when he strikes. And he will come. He's an opportunist. And he's going to try to hit you and your family. And that's why you have to pay attention. I've told you many times, there are times when I'm really stressed. And I feel it it gets on me really bad. And I will remind myself, i say, pay attention, Randy. Pay attention because this is typically when he strikes. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant. We know his game. His bag of tricks have been the same for 6,000 years. He ain't got nothing new. But you've got to remember how he plays. And you have a beast of prey that is stalking you. He is stalking you, a beast of prey. Typically, they prey upon the innocent, the young, the, uh, the sickly, and the elderly, those that are lagging behind. They prey upon the weak and the distracted. That's when a beast of prey will strike the flock and he'll pull one down. You've got to remember that he's stalking you. So you've got to pay attention. You've got to fight. With the prophetic words, Acts 20. And so now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of His grace, which is all that you need to become strong. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of His grace, which He provides as the spiritual inheritance given to all of His holy ones. Spiritual inheritance that are given to all His holy ones. Do you understand that you have an inheritance? know this, some things we receive by reason of our inheritance. How many understands that you have an inheritance in Christ? There are some things that you just receive by virtue of your birthright, salvation, divine nature, eternal life. I don't have to do anything to earn that. That came through inheritance. Things just given to me by inheritance. Salvation. I'm a partaker of his divine nature and in an eternal life. Don't have to do anything. Inheritance. God may keep his word to you. Okay. He's going to keep that prophetic word. How many knows he watches over his word to perform it? Amen. God keeps his word, but you are the keeper of your potential. Come on, Daniel got it. God may keep his word, but you're the keeper of your potential. So you get some things through inheritance. Salvation, divine nature, eternal life, inheritance. But the rest of it, you're going to fight for it. You're going to fight for it. You say, well, I'm just waiting on Jesus. Listen to me. I've said this two years ago. You can die in your passivity. You can die in your passivity. There are some times when you better get up and you better put your boots on and you better go to war because you can die in your passivity. I'm telling that because I love you. You can die in your passivity. Listen, I taught my son all his life, and he's growing up, Says, said, son, I don't want you to start a fight, but if they start it, you just hang out and finish it. I ain't gonna start nothing, but I'll finish it. Because you, you can die in your passivity. You can die. The devil is a beast of prey. He is stalking your family every day and you better wake up. You better realize that he's after your babies. He's after your family. He's trying to get your husband. He's trying to get your wife. He's trying to destroy your home because he knows that godly homes, godly families make godly churches, make godly communities. He's after the kingdom of God. He's after what God's trying to do. And he sees you as those instruments of righteousness. And he's trying to destroy you. You've got to wake up. You've got to put your boots on. You better armor up and get ready because he's a beast to pray. Your inheritance, I get it, in Christ Jesus, your salvation, your divine nature, eternal life. This is some good stuff that's coming your way, but there's some stuff you're gonna have to fight for. Fight you for it. I'll fight you for it. You got to fight him. Matthew 11, you remember, since the days of John, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence and the violent take it by force. you got to fight for your promises. you got to fight for your blessings. you got to fight with these prophetic words. God may keep his word, but you're the keeper of your potential. To step into your prophetic destiny, you must fight with your prophetic promise. You've got to fight with it. You've got to lay hold of that word. I know that there are promises, There are promises that have been given, revelation, interpretation, application. There's words, and there's the process. There's there's this thing we got to go through, but you got to understand there's power too. There's power. There's power with prophetic words, and you got to fight with them. You've got to call up these prophetic words, and you got to fight with those words. Stephen, come help me. You've got to take these words that God has spoken over your life and you've got to do war with them. I'm glad you've got a promise. And I'm glad that you're patiently going through the process. But now, you've got to understand there are times when you've got to release the power of that word. There's times, there are times, there are times when, when a word, when a prophetic word, it energizes me. As, as I said earlier, Peter said, where am I going to go? When you speak words of life, it awakens something within me. You see, that's why the testimony is so important. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even unto death. The word testimony in the Old Testament comes from a root word, which means do it again. So every time you stand up and you share your testimony, this is what you have to understand. Okay? That testimony releases the power of information. What God did for one, he'll do for another, right? But it also releases that power of transformation. Testimonies have the power of information that leads us to the power of transformation. There's something that happens in a room like this when someone stands up and says, I was once addicted to something but Jesus set me free there's people sitting out there thinking if he did it for him or her he can do it for me it's the power of information that moves us to the power of transformation prophetic words are the same do you know some of the best crowds we have for a special service let's say a Friday night or a Sunday night, it's typically with a prophet. You know why? Because people are craving a prophetic word. You know what they're doing? They're looking for somebody to give them hope that tomorrow is gonna be better than today. Tell me what my father's thinking. They want to climb up in Father's lap and say, Daddy, tell me what you're thinking. Tell me about tomorrow. Give me hope. I gotta have some hope. Because with the prophetic word, they're energized. Something awakens with inside of them. And they're able to pick it up and fight with it. They're able to fight with it. You see, Jesus comes up out of the River Jordan. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove. And he gets up and he's driven by the spirit. He's driven by the spirit into the wilderness. Okay? 40 days of fasting and prayer. He's driven into the wilderness. And the enemy comes to him and the first thing he does is he challenges him. And says, if you be the son of God, why don't you turn this stone into bread? He just kept hitting him, if, if, if. And each time, each time, each time he challenged him, he just said, "Yeah, but he said, yeah, that's right. That's right. my daddy said, God said, he said." Do you, do you see that? So he comes and he tries to challenge me, and he says, "You're not called to preach. You're not called to to speak to the nations. Well, who do you think you are trying to do this and 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 climb the mountain of politics? Or you're trying to move a region? What, what do you think you're doing?" I go back to that calling. And I say, yeah, but he said. Yes. My daddy said. You fight with the prophetic word. With the prophetic promise. I fight you. So today's takeaway. The prophetic or the promise. Spirit of prophecy. Gift of prophecy. The prophet. It's a part of our church. The process. There's a revelation. There's interpretation. There's an application. And then the power. The great power potential that's made available to us power when the prophetic word is released it's like the testimony the power of information and the power of transformation comes the testimony of Jesus Christ you know what that means he said the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus the spirit of prophecy comes into the room and Jesus is the theme And it's pointing us to Christ and to all the promises that are in Christ Jesus. The spirit of prophecy comes to remind us that Jesus came to fulfill all things. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. That in Christ Jesus, the promises of God are yes and amen. The spirit of prophecy will always point men to Christ. The spirit of prophecy will always come in and bring hope and encouragement and love The love of God. The the spirit of prophecy should always lead men to the love of God. Let me tell you something. 1 Corinthians 13 says, you know, what is it? Help help me here. Faith and love. What's the third one? Hope. thank you. But the greatest of these is love. Let everything else fade away, but love will stand. Look, the spirit of prophecy comes into a room. Jesus will always be made real, always exalted. He's the theme. He's the fulfillment of all things. In him, in Christ Jesus, the promises of God are yes and amen. And with that we war. Let me go back. I'm gonna close. First, First Timothy 1 and the Passion Translation, he said, so Timothy, my son, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility and keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in, in this encouragement. Use your prophecies as weapons as you ward spiritual warfare. Kingdom responsibility requires the encouragement of prophetic words. Can can you hear that again? He said to Timothy, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility, son, but be encouraged. Use your prophecies. Use your prophecies. I'm giving you, I'm giving you this great responsibility. Guys, put that scripture back on the screen. This was for look, Timothy. I'm entrusting you with this responsibility. But I want you to be encouraged. Encouraged. Go to the next one, guys. I want you to be encouraged. So use your prophecies. Use your prophecies as a weapon. He understood that the weight of that responsibility was going to get heavy. And so he said, you've got to lean upon your prophetic words. You've got to find encouragement there. When all the world turns its back on you, when men walk out on you, go back to your prophetic promises. Go back to what your daddy said. And I don't mean that disrespectful towards God in any form or fashion. I'm just trying to speak to you on a level you'll understand. You've got to go back to your father God. You've got to go back to your daddy. And you've got to remember what he whispered to you. And then be encouraged with your your prophetic promise with your prophetic word. And there are some here this morning, the responsibility has gotten really heavy and you need encouragement. You need a fresh word. Have you ever gone to a service before? You didn't tell anybody, but you were so hoping that somebody would release a word over you. Now, come on. Don't sit there and look at me like a calf staring at a new gate. You've done it. I've gone to services before. And I thought, oh, God. Listen, I've been in prayer before. These last two years. I'm here this morning on campus, online. The responsibility is great. And you need a fresh word. You need a fresh word. Maybe you need to recall a promise in your past. Maybe you need to receive a fresh word today, but you need a fresh word. I want you to know that in this house we honor the spirit of prophecy that in this house we recognize the gift of prophecy and in this house in this house we recognize the office of the prophet and i believe that god wants to speak to you. Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.